Hello and welcome to the CNC Report, the weekend podcast brought to you by cncreport.com. I'm your host, Jay Pearson. Last time on the program, I mentioned you're starting the series on cam systems. Do you need them? Which one's best? Uh, And of course, that's a tough question to to, to answer, but I think the better question is which one is best for you. Uh, Bear with me, little under the weather the past few weeks, uh, just getting around to this week's program, but uh, from here on out, no more interruptions, I promise you. You know, on the last program, I mentioned to you, uh, I was I was talking about how the move went and, uh, you know, what was involved in stuff. And uh, just a little follow-up, I said that I had a machine that had been damaged in the move. I know most of you don't care, but just sharing that uh, I got to the bottom of it and the machine does not have a coolant leak, which is great. I'm very happy. It just turns out when we're refilling the uh, the tank, the coolant tank, um, just some of it happened to splash out the backside and, uh, so no problems there. So you're listening to a very happy, uh, machine owner right here. Another thing I wanted to read to you something that I think has a profound effect on not just our industry, but business in general. I was flipping through a catalog, the Uline, um, you know, packaging and boxes, uh, industrial supplies, their distributor, and they have this catalog. And in the back, there was a letter from, I think it's a, maybe the president or the owner or vice president. Her her name is uh, Liz Uline. It's, I'm, I'm guessing it's German, U-I-H-L-E-I-N. And I guess that's where they get the name of the company, U-Line. Pretty nifty there. Never knew that. But she had a letter that was directed to the customers of her company. And I found it at the back of the Uline catalog. And I wanted to read it to you because I think it it talks a lot about today's society, uh, today's business environment, and uh, some problems that I think I've encountered so often in business. And to get the word out would be a public service to everyone that's listening and would really move, I think, America a little farther forward. So so I think it's very important that I might uh, propagate her message here. Let me read it to you. Dear Uline customers, Mr. Nelson, my seventh grade U.S. history teacher, made his classes outline the U.S. history book. To this day, the brutal memories of this year-long task are very clear. Along the way, however, his students learned how to organize their thoughts and prioritize. At Uline, these are some of my observations. Poorly written memos and reports. Despite a, quote, how to write at Uline, end quote, indoctrination by our HR department when employees are hired, poorly written documents submitted to me remains one of my biggest daily challenges. What is your point? What do you propose? What are your top three? I ask over and over. Lately, I've taken to saying, return to sender and redo. You're wasting my time. The consultants. These folks come in for big bucks. And then where's their report? Often I'm told we have to rewrite it. You know, consultant mumbo jumbo. English teachers. Do Fortune 500 companies offer writing courses for their employees? If you can't organize your thoughts... Just where are we all going? 
Uline and all American companies need employees to think clearly, prioritize, and get tasks done. We need Americans to effectively work and run companies in the world economy. Some days it's just so frustrating. Today it's considered just awful if you speak up for voting against a tax increase for our schools. The politicians constantly harp on more money for education. I just wonder if we're getting our money's worth. And so it goes, and so I think, about Mr. Nelson, Liz Uline. Now I really appreciate that, because so often I find myself reading either emails or presentations or websites of different companies that have terrible grammar, terrible English. Uh, it's embarrassing that it's actually put out in the public to read. Now, I think the American culture is one that accepts us because they don't have the proper education on grammar and English in the first place. Now, as a listener, you may you might be thinking, you know, we're all machinists here. Maybe we're right brain people. We're great with numbers and calculations and things like that. You know, we already struggle with these these uh, grammatical things that you're talking about. But let me tell you why this is important. When you're competing in a global economy, you have to recognize that every aspect of your business counts. Not only do you have to make great parts, not only do you have to have a business strategy set up that can capitalize on opportunities, but you have to be able to present your company in a way that makes you attractive. Now, as machine shop owners, I know that English and grammar is not an area where we're judged so much, um, whether, you know, as opposed to maybe a consulting firm or banking or, or one of those things where they, the, the public is constantly interacting with your company through written and verbal communication. However, every little thing that you can do to further your company and yourself will be advantageous to the American economy. You know how, you know, I hear on, you know, maybe talk radio or in the news, you'll hear that the United States is way far behind other, other countries. You know, we're like 120th in, in uh, high school education, you know, 57th in uh, math science. Uh, don't take, you know, these numbers as, as uh, the real figures. But, you know, you hear that. And it doesn't start with the educators. It's easy to point fingers at them and get into a war and, you know, calling them union or non-union or whatever. They're the problem. The point is, it starts, first of all, in the individual, influenced by the home. And every little step that we can take as individuals, as one united group of people, that's a giant collective step that we're taking forward for the United States. Now, I know that what I'm saying might have a greater impact if, say, I was doing a, a, a program on English literature or uh, teacher studies, you know, one of those things that's more based on liberal arts. But as a business owner, as a, as a guy in the media, I've got to tell you that we are seriously lacking in our communication skills in this country. I think we all know this, and there's plenty of statistics to back that up. Two solutions. First of all, from two different perspectives, the, the, the machine operator, the, the machinist, what can we do? First of all, we hardly use written English in everyday circumstances. 
But say that you don't always work as a machinist. Say that you change professions and you might need to write a report every now and then. Say that you are promoted within your company and you might have to have reports or you might have to submit different ideas to someone higher up or directly to the owner. What if your company or you get into some legal problems and you need to write out thoughts and ideas? What if you're planning on starting your own company and you need to write a business plan? The further you are along in your mastery of the English language, and especially in its written form, the more successful you'll be overall. And let's look at it from the business owner's perspective. A lot of us come from, you know, working in shops and then branching off, buying a machine and putting it in our garage and moving forward. Well, from the business owner's perspective, a lot of guys out there are looking at the Internet as the wave of the future as far as marketing and, and advertising and getting the name of the company out there. I'm a firm believer in it, and I think that any website that I'm associated with has a fundamental goal of communicating ideas through language, the written English language, as clearly as possible. Just as the internet is becoming the future for all these different avenues of, of marketing and, and uh, just, you know, it's, it's replacing the phone book for the most part, that's where mastery of the written English language is key. Now, for those of you out there that might be listening and might be just basically dismissing what I'm saying and, and maybe passing the buck or blaming the education system or maybe that you just don't like English. So that Those are all, you know, if you don't like English, if you don't like studying it, feel you don't need it, that's fine. But uh, to those of you who are blaming the education system, I'd, boy, I'd love to give you a perspective. Uh, about a couple years ago, I think, I went up to Sacramento, capital of California, and just went on a walking tour of the government area, you know, the capital. And, and I was walking with a friend and we stopped and we saw this beautiful stainless steel, almost sculptured looking building. We walked in and there were marble floors, marble walls, beautiful atrium. And we started walking around to just, you know, take a tour. And of course it's a government building. So we were stopped uh, pretty quickly by a security guard uh, saying that if we didn't have business in there, we needed to step outside. So, you know, we didn't have business there. We walked outside and and uh, we look over and we realized we were in the building for the Department of Education. And so many times I had heard different unions, different people campaigning for propositions uh, for education, harping, um, you, leveraging uh, a child's face, leveraging, you know, the, the, the knowledge of bad neighborhoods with bad schools there, um, leveraging those, those negative um, images to get people to commit more money to education. And honestly, when I saw that building, how beautiful it was, um, even the, the, the vehicles out back, uh, it made me sick. It, it made me sick because I had never in my life seen a single public school look as impressive as that department building. Now, in the United States, we're a capitalist society. Capitalism, we take an idea, we manifest it into a reality, and we sell it. But what is the core principle of capitalism? It's an idea by a motivated individual or group of individuals that have the ability to execute it. But do you see, it doesn't start 
from an outside source like a government, an educational institution, or a personal motivator. It starts with an idea by an individual or a group of individuals. It starts with someone that is self-motivated. And to encourage you, I want to say that to further yourself, to further your interpersonal communication skills, I'd love for you to be motivated to be better at English. It's the way we communicate. It's the way that ideas are moved around and, and transferred from one group to another. And it's wrong if we were to blame an educational system that's failing us. So let's get practical because that's, that's what uh, I'm a practical guy and, and I hope this is a practical show. I've got three resources for you and this may be, you know, some of you might think that this might be a little patronizing, but here we go. I've looked at these books and they're great. The first one, Survival Writing for Business. If you go on Amazon, you type in the titles of these three books I'm going to mention, you'll find them right away. The first one, Survival Writing for Business. Great book, helps you write business letters, helps you write memos. A lot of the, a lot of the stuff doesn't apply to our industry, um, but uh, you'll find business plans in there, how you'll be able to to uh, uh, square them away where an investor or a bank could come on board with you. Second one is, uh, you know, try and ignore the name, but it's uh, part of a series, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Writing Well. It's such a great basic book, um, just like the third one, Business Writing for Dummies. The Four Dummies and Complete Idiot's Guide series of books are excellent. I don't know what it says about me, but I'm one of their biggest fans and biggest readers of those series. It presents the topic in a beautifully simplistic way that's easy to pick up. So I would encourage you, maybe if your English writing skills aren't the best, it'd be good just to pick them up. If anything, throw it in the bathroom at the shop or at your home and pick it up and read a chapter every now and then when you're doing business. Don't want to be crude, but every minute is precious, and I understand how hectic schedules can be. So moving on, I guess you can call that, that's that would be the editorial portion of this program. I'm not going to make a habit of it, but you know, like I said, that article really struck a nerve with me, and I think it'd be good to get the word out on that. Okay, so this week we're talking about Cam. In preparing this series, um, I, I'd been thinking back to, um, you know, going into shops over the years and watching guys and seeing what kind of equipment they have and software. And, you know, so many times I'd walk into shops and there's a guy in front of a brand new machine, uh, hand programming it with G code. And, uh, you know, he's got his calculator out and got a print and he's got his graph paper and things like that. And I just can't relate to that. I read a, a quote from Henry Ford recently. He said, if you need a machine today and don't buy it, tomorrow you will have paid for it and not have it. If you need a machine today and don't buy it, tomorrow you will have paid for it and not have it. Henry Ford, 1938. Now, we all know what Henry Ford was famous for, but... Those are words of wisdom that uh, really resonate strongly in this area of choosing a CAM package. First of all, you may be hand coding something and that might work and maybe you even enjoy it. Maybe it's an hour out of your day where you get to sit down and your brain gets to just plug away and, and you just spit out code. But in the end, you're going you're gonna to pay for it. You're going to pay for it with your time. 
You're going to pay for it with overhead, um, and you're basically going to be losing money. There's no sense in having a really fast machine or any machine and not having it run. When machines aren't running, they are not making money. Very simple, very simple concept. Now, most of these guys that I talk to that are hand coding, theirs is a financial bump that they just can't get over. They don't want to invest the anywhere from $1,500 to, you know, five, $7,000 in something that'll save them a lot of time. Now, of course, my company, Pearson Industries, we sell products that make companies more efficient. And of course, these aren't inexpensive products because we feel that if we sell them at a fair price that is both affordable and they're used properly, you'll be saving so much more money than the initial investment in that product. You need to get a cam system. You absolutely need to do it. There should be no excuses to not have a cam system. So here we go. We're breaking up the cam series and this first one is for you hobby machinists that might have a small CNC engraver, maybe a router or something like that. Um, and it also, I think, might actually break into the machinist in the garage who's really seriously thinking about making this a money-making business venture. With those two conditions being set, the cam systems that you're going to want to look into are probably not as feature-rich as some of the higher-end, more expensive ones, but they get the job done. So I've got three for you right now that we're going to get into. The first one has a favorite criteria of mine. It's free. Now, it might not match everyone's cam expectations because it is an engraving software. If you go to 2L Inc., the number 2, the letter L, and the abbreviation I-N-C, Inc., 2LInc.com, they sell engraving tools for engraving on whether it be metal or a wood. And if you buy one of their engraving tools, they will give you a copy of their free engraving software. And it's a light version, and it might just be the first step that maybe you hobbyists out there, maybe if you have a job that, you know, you could never be able to hand code, it might be something to look into. The second one is one that I was originally using when I started my business. It is called TurboCAD. Now, TurboCAD is a 3D, uh, well, it's a 2D and 3D CAD system. However, they have a plug-in for CAM, so it turns it into TurboCAD CAM. Now, last time I checked, $1,495, $1,495 buys the CAD and CAM system plug-in. Now, what you'll get with this is the ability to not only program your machine, but maybe design parts. If you're doing that, maybe you're developing a product. Maybe you're translating old CAD drawings or maybe even, you know, paper drawings, and you want them in the CAD format. You'll have a total package ready to duplicate those drawings and save them in a computer file. I would recommend this route because, you know, you're not just spending the $1,500 for a cam system, but you're getting the CAD with it. Um, More value. Now, I mentioned this second because it's kind of bridging the gap between the home hobbyist, 
maybe the guy with the router, uh, and the full bore uh, machine shop. Because if you were to get TurboCAD Cam, you would be able to draw geometry to be able to use the cam system. Now it also comes with a few things that might be beneficial to those of you out there that are maybe tinkerers or maybe have your hands in a bunch of different projects. And that is the first, well, the first one is photorealistic rendering. Maybe you draw something, turn it into a 3D object, and then you render it and make it look like it's an actual true life existing product. Now that's great. You can even, you know, before you make it, you can create it in the computer, throw it up on a website, see if it sells. If it sells, you know, tell them it'll ship in two weeks. That's what, that's one of the original things that I did about six years ago when I was making mountain bike parts. Um, I created, you know, these suspension upgrades, put them up on a website, threw them up on eBay. When they started selling, I thought, okay, they're going to sell. Let's do this. So it was an easy way to prototype stuff and, and uh, get high quality images out there. And it was all done with TurboCAD. Another thing you can do, I don't, you know, I haven't looked into it uh, in depth because it doesn't really pertain that much, but um, I know a lot of guys use TurboCAD for doing floor plans. Maybe there's an addition on your house that you want to communicate to a contractor, or maybe you want to do, or maybe build a shed or a little extra garage or something. You can use TurboCAD to make a floor plan and, uh, you know, show the, the, all the timber you need and everything like that. So for $1,495 might be something to look into. And finally, the third one I have for you is Bobcad cam. Now in searching the web, I came up with different prices. It, it ranges anywhere from a thousand dollars to $1,500. I know guys that have bought Bobcad cam at trade shows for a significant discount where I know that it's under $1,000. That might have been a few years ago. I don't know if they're still doing that. But depending on the version and the options that you get with it, it'll cost you, you know, maybe $1,000, $1,500. Now, one thing I like about their systems is that every program that they have, as well as their plugins, for example, they have an engraving plugin, they all have free demos on their website for it. So, you know, whatever project you might have, you might just jump online, download it from bobcadcam.com and check it out. See if it works for you. Um, and again, I just want to emphasize in all these products, well, especially the last two, don't let price be a factor. Now, if you can't pay for it, if you don't have the $1,000, $1,500 that they're asking, that's one thing. But if you're holding back on not buying a cam system because of the price, Going back to Henry Ford's comment, you're going to pay for it later because you're going to spend so much money trying to catch up with competition or even you're just, maybe you're a hobbyist and you're not getting your hobbies done right or whatever. Man, that's, that's time that you're spending that you're losing. And I don't have to keep saying it over and over because you all know that if you've listened to this program, I'm a, I'm an efficiency guy. I like the one man shop out there that he's doing everything. I can, I can relate to that. And a guy who's more efficient in every aspect of business, in my mind, is already a successful entrepreneur. Don't let the price scare you off. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about some other high-end systems. And this is where the price, even for the seasoned veteran, maybe the shop owner that's owned a shop for a while, this is where they might get a little scared in investing, you know, sometimes uh, 
7500 to $15,000, $20,000 in a cam system because that's a major chunk of change. That might be, you know, as much as uh, the machine that you might be using it on. Uh, maybe that's a less expensive machine than most out there, but, you know, that's a significant portion. And we'll also talk about a cam system that is built into a machine. Heads up on that, Herco. I demoed their built-in cam system on their machine, and I really liked it. Um, you get some advantages with those built-in cam systems because they know what machine it's running on. You don't have any uh, G-code translation problems. So that's for next week. We'll talk about all that. Really excited. So that's about it. Don't forget to visit The Machinist News Source for cutting-edge products and industry milestones at cncreport.com. Yes, we changed the name. This is uh, this is actually the first program where we're fully mentioning that. Last time it used to be cnc-today.com. That website will also take you to the new and improved cncreport.com. We're growing, changing, mixing things up, and it's really exciting. And uh, oh, and another thing, just some little little things about the show. You can automatically download this show if you're using iTunes. Go on to apple.com. There might be an iTunes link. Maybe if you go to iTunes.com, uh, don't quote me on it, but you might be able to download the program from there. Click, uh, what is it? iTunes Store on the left-hand side of the program. In the upper right-hand corner, search my name, Jay Pearson, or CNC, or CNC Report, or CNC Today, guarantee you that this show will show up in the search results. Just click that, add it to your weekly podcast downloads, and this program will automatically be downloaded to your computer. Very common question. Also, if you want updates on the site, upper right-hand corner, a little orange icon with an RSS in it, click that. That way, whenever we update our website, you'll be one of the first to know. So that's it for this week's show. I'm your host, Jay Pearson. Catch us next Sunday night at 9 p.m. Central. Until then, all the best.